AI is one of the biggest future trends in supply chain. And last week, I had Amjad, the CEO of Algo, on the show, and they've been named the 20 most innovative companies to watch in 2019. Go and check that out at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash season two dash episode 67. Welcome to Let's Talk Supply Chain. My name is Sarah Barnes-Humphrey, and each week I bring you the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about best practices, new innovation, and most up-to-date information about supply chain. I believe that collaboration is the future of business, and I have designed this show to ensure you have all the information you need to succeed in business and in your supply chain. This episode is brought to you by IANA. IANA represents the intermodal freight transportation industry. Every year they put on a massive event, Intermodal Expo, where the stakeholders, decision makers, and influencers of the intermodal supply chain gather. Expo is the place to be to make connections and advance your business. Expo will be held in Long Beach, California, September 15th through 18th, and I'll be attending and hope to see you there. Register online today at intermodalexpo.com. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Last week, I was at the JOC Canada Trade Conference in Toronto and I moderated a panel with the president of OCL Canada and VP of Strategy over at Logistec. And we talked about diversity and the future of the workforce. Stay tuned because I'm going to have some exclusive content coming out of that conference with Grace, the president of OCL, and Marie Chantal from uh, Logistec. On today's episode, I am talking to the founder of a logistics company that has found a way to set themselves apart from the rest. But before we get to that, let's take a look at the question of the week in Listener's Corner. So I asked, what is your definition of supply chain optimization? Julie Shum sent me an email that said, oh, good question. This was supply chain optimization was my exact role at my last corporate job. My definition of supply chain optimization is to be resourceful, cut out non-value add activities and understand everyone's needs throughout the entire vertical to be able to serve each other efficiency efficiently. Over on LinkedIn, we had a couple of responses. Keelan Spence says supply chain optimization is making the most efficient use of the resources you have at your disposal. Eric Valiquet says you used the magic word in one of your last videos, collaboration, working together for a common goal with openness and trust. Andrew Jaden, he said, not so, not so much making it efficient, but more so easier to track, plan, and execute goods from one place to the next. And Frank Lutz said, I would say integration through collaboration. So we've got a couple of people out there that think that optimization is going to come from collaboration. Over on Twitter, at SCMAT2, it's a myth. The moment something changes in the optimization equation, you are no longer optimized. If you re-optimize every time something changes, you are in a constant state of analysis with no action. At Chris X Thornton, he says, discover the best resources to use in your supply chain, then strategically use those resources 
to their optimal capability. Thank you for everyone who commented on this week's question. And remember to join in the conversation every single Wednesday as I post a supply chain question to LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Plus, if you have a supply chain question, remember to send that over to me at listener at letstalksupplychain.com. When I worked for a 3PL selling logistics services, the biggest question I would get from from potential clients was, What makes you different from the others? Even five years ago, freight forwarders were struggling to figure that out and what that would look like moving forward. Today, I am speaking with John, CEO of Axis International, and from what it looks like, they have figured this out. And they set themselves apart from the rest, which has not been an easy task. Let's learn a little bit more about John before we welcome him to the show. John is a founder and managing partner of Axis Global Logistics, a third-party logistics provider with eight locations and over 1,500 agents worldwide, including North America, Europe, and Asia. Established in 1997, Axis provides clients across a broad array of industries with customized supply chain solutions supported by a team of logistics experts as well as industry-leading web-based technology that ensures real-time visibility and control throughout the process. Prior to founding Axis, John was a direct male entrepreneur. In 1985, he co-founded Superior Graphics Inc., a commercial print production and direct marketing firm that helped launch a number of dot-com companies and whose clients included E-Trade, Abercrombie & Fitch, Facebook, and eBay. So welcome to the show, John. Hello, Sarah. Good morning, and thank me. thanks for having me on Let's Talk Supply Chain. Great. Well, I'm so glad you agreed to come on the show because I wanted to not only showcase what you and Axis are doing in the industry, but show my appreciation for all your help and support uh, with ships. So thank you very, very much for that. Well, thank you for all the awareness and education you're bringing to the supply chain industry. It's uh, We love what you're doing. It's bringing great awareness and um, and keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. So let's talk about who is Axis International. What exactly do you do? Tell us. Sure. Sure. I'll give you a little background on the company because it's important where the DNA of the company started and how we founded it. We are founded in 1997 and um, we... we um, take our mission statement very, very seriously. And um, so our mission statement is we deliver fully customized single source supply chain solutions across a variety of industries, providing our clients a single point of contact through which we can access the highest quality, cost-effective, seamlessly integrated logistics support in the industry. So it's a few lines, but when, when you get find out who access is, it's customized single source supply chain it's a single point of contact seamlessly integrated logistic support and we 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 do this within six industries retail there's a heavy focus on the luxury brand industry aviation and automotive experiential hospitality life sciences and finally white glove and final mile Great. I love that. So you cover a whole spectrum, but you really keep service in mind. Yes. It's, it's a very customized service, like, like the mission statement says. 
um, and we do everything through a single point of contact. So in short, we can take a project that was manufactured in Milan, we can bring it into the United States and do a 100, 200 store distribution in the retail sector on one point of contact. So we have multiple divisions that would handle that, but it's all seamlessly integrated. So our clients have one point of contact, one, I say, throat to choke. Um, and it's worked very, very well in, in all the industries we're touching because of all the changes that are taking place in the whole customization of projects. Well, that's a good segue into my next question, because I just want to ask you as a service provider in this industry, I know that, you know, some are struggling, you know, there's so much change happening um, and there's just, you know, there's a, just a lot of talk about service providers. So what challenges do you think... You know, service providers are facing in the industry. Okay, so we are an outsourced model. Uh, we're light, light asset base. We have fifteen hundred agents, so we're not we're not having the same challenges as a asset based company. But there there is some similarity there because in in, in America right now we're short about five hundred thousand truck drivers. Really, you know, that CDL many? people that carry those. Like, yep, that's a statistic. Wow, um, there's a. Yeah, a large, large, you know, a lot of people don't want to come into the industry. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's creating, there's a lot of regulations in the industry. And um, uh, Congress is involved with it. And the, the logistics industry is involved in it. And uh, it's, it's a problem that's going to have to be solved. Uh, it doesn't affect us quite as much because being an outsource and having our strategic partners and, and, and people we use on a daily basis. But, but that's one of the areas. And of course, warehousing, you know, with the change of the way we're distributing project, uh, products, um, you just can't take any warehouse space anymore. It's got to be close to the cities. It's got to be like a large cross dock facility. Nobody wants cold storage, long, long-term storage, especially what Access does because we're doing in and out project management. So we need these small 30, 40,000 square foot with a lot of dock doors and, and there's not a lot of facilities like that in the United States. So those are two big challenges. And the third Yeah, is, it's interesting. Because, sorry, just yeah. to interrupt you, I just want to make a point on that warehousing side right now. Yep. Because because of e-commerce and the boom in e-commerce, mm-hmm. um, we're really facing a strategic um, decision-making process Absolutely. when it comes to distribution and warehousing Absolutely. now today with e-commerce. Yep. And I think what you're talking about is, you know, becoming a little bit more of the norm because we need to be able to touch key, key areas and key points because of the whole world of Amazon and prime yep. and being able to deliver really, really quickly. Um, so I think to your point, I mean, that's a really great approach to it. So I just, sorry to interrupt, but uh, carry on. No, it's, uh, it, but that's a, it's a big problem because again, it's fa- everything's fast moving. And, and a lot of time there's a lot of consolidation. You're picking, packing, you're doing fulfillment. There's different packaging that goes in. These projects are very customized and complex. So you need more open space, less racking in a warehouse and more open space and to find buildings that adhere to it and make and make the whole process easier it's very difficult obviously we support new york city on a daily basis here the whole tri-state area and around the country but but there is limited space pricing is going up through the roof 
then you have to find people. One of the, the headwinds everybody's facing is find people to work in these facilities. So that, that, that's what I have for challenges. Um, and I'll give you one, give you one more uh, that, that, that I think all of us are facing is how much technology, how mu where are we headed with technology and how we interface with clients. So we could talk about that later on, but that is a, uh, something we battle every day. Clients have incredible technology access. Global has incredible technology. And then the amount of time it takes for us all to interface is <laughs> We have no time to interface. We're sitting there with these great, you know, and then a lot of stuff gets emailed and it's getting better, but I think that's a challenge with all the changes taking place with technology and how that is working in the uh, logistics business. Yeah, I would definitely agree. And I think one of the challenges that s service providers face and maybe not access, but in general is, you know, the decreasing margins and where do you spend the investment dollars that you do have? Do you spend it on technology? Do you spend it on marketing? Do you, yep. like, are your costs creeping up that you need to be able to manage those yep. as well? So um, I think that that is a really, really tough decision that yep. service providers are facing today. Yep. Um, and again, on your point with technology, it's all well and good that we all have our own maybe systems that yeah. we're working on. But again, we need to spend the money so that they're talking to each other and making a difference to our world. Sure. sure. And that, that's a yeah. challenge uh, we're all facing. There's, I don't know how big a company or, not, or, or a small company, we're all facing that challenge. So the visibility, you know, that's the whole point of what we're doing from a one, one touch standpoint is we, it's the visibility yeah. with all the stakeholders within the process. So, Absolutely. You know, we do that with a very simple system we use currently, but as we want to get into more of the analytics and, and more reporting back to our client, there's got to be more interfacing. So um, it, it's, it's, it's good. It's a challenge, but we all know what the challenge is. Absolutely. So one of the things that really intrigues me about access and that I think really sets you guys apart, and I know you have a few of them, but I really like the fact that you deliver and you, but you, you deliver to the shelf level. And I yep. think that that is a huge competitive advantage. Um, and I, it's something that really excites me to have access um, on access, sorry, on the ship's platform. Sure. I think there's going to be a lot of companies, uh, shippers that are going to benefit from that because sometimes they don't even realize that that's an option in the market. So, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Tell us maybe about the other things that sets access apart from the other service providers that you compete against. I think you just mentioned, you know, that one point of contact, um, it, it, yeah. it, it really, with our clients, see the, the most of what we're doing is very customized, very customized solutions for all different companies, but mostly with retail. So what sets us apart is because we're controlling the transportation, our, our white glove starts from we pick up in Asia or, or um, in Europe, understanding the product it's coming in, if it's high value, if there's a lot of breakage, how it's wrapped, how it's carded, where we're bringing it, are we decentralizing it? how we're handling it. So that's important of the upfront part of it. Now that we can control the transportation and the installation together, um, it, it just cuts out the vendors. There's a consolidation there. So a lot of times with our installations, a lot of people's installations, it's off hours. It's time critical, time sensitive. Um, you're handling, you know, 
high-valued goods going into a lot of the retailers, the fixtures and what have you. So controlling that, not that we have to call a transportation company when it's coming. When it, we, we manage all that. We manage our whole process to the store level or to the end user level. Absolutely. So you're, you're coming in and you're thinking about their customer experience. Yep. Them not only as your customer, uh, but again, how can you help them enhance their customer experience as well? And so a couple other things I wanted to touch on because you actually um, also have some other differentiators as far as promotional products. Um, we already talked about the installation piece, but you've also got the graphics and signage. Yeah. So why did you incorporate those into your strategy? Well, I think the company, again, going back to the origins, I spent 20 years in the uh, printing business. So we were always visual, right? I think Final Mile is all about visual and placement, right? At the end of the day, that's what it is. It's, 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 yeah. uh, we'll take you through some case studies of, of how that works for us. But so we, so we always had that DNA in, 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 in what we do. So when we do the installations, we work with a lot of fabricators who are doing windows and they're doing um, these experiential events. They're doing a lot of printing. And now it's become digital printing, right? So, so we manage that process as well. You know, we deliver, install, we're 3M certified, we can hang things. And when we deliver anything on the white glove side, most times the, 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 the client is there, the project manager is there, um, the store manager is there. So when we enter a facility, it's very important. We are the face, and a lot of times, of, of our clients. And that's where... Um, as, as, as the piece of business for final miles, the fastest growing, it makes up 30% of, a, of any cost right now in the whole supply chain. So that, that's, yeah. And you're creating that collaborative environment, yeah. right? You're bringing all of the pieces together and instead of it being broken up and siloed, like we've done traditionally, mm -hmm. right? You would deliver into the customer. The customer's then got to get the product to the store yep. and then, whoever they have putting it up on the shelves with the signage, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. But now what you're doing is you're saying, Hey, I'm going to deliver this straight to your store, help you put it on the shelves, mm -hmm. um, work with you on the signage, make sure that we get this right yep. for the display part of it for your customer yep. experience. And let's work together on yep. it. Let's meet us. Let's all meet there. You know, get it up on the shelves right away so you can start selling product faster. Right. And, and there's a lot of variables. You know, when you get a, an assignment to go out and do, let's say we're doing a 100-store rollout, when you get, you know, we do a lot of site surveys. That's another thing that if anybody uh, on this podcast, please spend the extra money on site surveys because what a client tells you or whatever, and then you show up and then the lighting or you can't, uh, there's codes that you can't hang something in a certain place because it's blocking a sprinkler. We are crazy with site surveys. I am because it doesn't cost you a lot of money to send a crew in and and the client and 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 working on behalf of the client of looking at where we're delivering, so you don't have that that we have to leave and come back again. That's very costly. Absolutely, absolutely, and a key piece like that is a really you know, key piece that people most likely forget or don't oh. even think about um, that they really need to. So can you give us a real life example? Can you talk about how you've worked with a certain customer? Sure. Maybe paint sure. that picture of how you've partnered with one of your customers for success. I think a really good example is one of the large fast retailing 
companies in Europe. Uh, we're going to do a five-year build-out plan here of five flagship stores and, and a lot of refreshes on their existing stores. So we were doing business with this client already, and um, they were working with a freight forwarder. Um, and the, actually, that freight forwarder contacted us and said, do you want to handle this five-year project? So on behalf of the client and the freight forward, we took uh, about a 90,000 square foot uh, facility on our own. And then we started working with the freight forwarder and the client directly on all the inbound. It all would come into the facility. And there was five flagships we built out here right in Manhattan. And we managed that whole process. So I'm not only partnering with the client, but we worked with their other vendors, all the stakeholders. And then we handled that whole process of delivering every night into the tri-state area installing, working with GCs, working with the group. And, and that, that's just a great partnership. It was a great plan. We, 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 did, we did many, many locations that way. That's a great example. And I love that you were able to share that with us because I know you work with a lot of big names, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of big brands um, that you can't really talk about. But it's really great to paint that picture so other people can – really yeah. see how they could work with um, Axis. You have to. Yeah, and so let's talk a little bit about ROI and benefit. Um, I know you can't really go into details, no. but what is a typical ROI that a customer would see by working with you and the team at Axis? So, so again, so for the complex jobs, you know, the, the, I think the, the benefit for our clients, what they're seeing is obviously in time management. By, by having one point of contact, we take on a lot of the responsibilities of the client. And, and, and of course, you know, it, it, just, it just cuts down on all the emails, on, on mitigation of risk. So time management, and we have to be price conscious. We have to come in budget and all those things that are, that are obvious. But it's really that one point of contact that, that, that we're able to, you know, we have a system. I go through it on another case study where how we manage a process of a rollout or what have you. And again, it it, it it's just time management, and, and and there's money involved in time management. Yeah, and time management leads to not only you know cost savings, um, but it also leads to efficiencies. Absolutely. Right. If you can give your people, your customers, that time back you're going to be able to cut some of those costs, create efficiencies that people are looking for. Um, and so it's sort of that snowball effect, which is great. Right. And so when you have a variable come up, there's a change, right? They don't like the fixture. They want to change something out. And already the supply chain, we're in motion. If you have four or five different, you have an installation company, you have a warehouse company, you have a freight forward, or you have it. If it's, if you, everybody's got to be compacted, that changes it. I mean, just picture the, I mean, you can just picture it from a logistics standpoint, then all the phone calls, then all the emails, then all the, we have a project management system. Everybody knows where everything is, good or bad, the bad, the good, and the ugly, we always say. We like to get ahead of it with our clients. So yeah. I think that that's where our really, our, our, our ROI is. Um, and pardon the pun, it's an, a logistical nightmare. <laughs> you can't, I mean, and, and again, you're dealing at the store level um, or, and, and, you know, we are the face, you know, and, and nobody cares if the client was late or whatever. That store manager, his boss is yelling at him. Right. As, where is it? Where is it not here? I mean, so, so the system really works. The real, the process really works. 
Absolutely. Okay. So we're going to take another turn because I want to get your thoughts. I mean, you are an, an owner of a logistics provider in these times. You've talked about challenges for service providers, but what keeps you up at night? Um, what did keep me up at night, just because as we have just finished with a four-year technology changeover from the AS400. Um, so we ran on two systems for about a year and a half. And we go back and getting back to technology because that, that's, you know, that, that's what this whole industry has become. Um, you know, that, that kept me up. Is, is this going to work? Is this the right system? Uh, we're doing so many complex moves. Is this the right system for what Access is doing? And it, it turned out great. It, 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 we spent the money, and, and, it, was, and it, was a, it was hard. It was really hard. It was hard on the company. It was hard on the people. But anybody you talk to that goes through a technology change, it's, it's just there's no, no easy way to do it. There's just no easy way to do it. Um, other than that, yeah, I, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say that's a really great point. And I, I don't think that we talk about it enough, mm -hmm. right? Because there's, you know, there's so much new innovation. There's so much technology out there. You're kind of, it's kind of overwhelming yeah. just even going into it and thinking about the, different providers that you need to consider, yep. um, going through the different providers and making sure that you're finding out everything that you need to know to make that uh, strategic, important buying decision, not yep. only for you, not only for your team, not only for your company, but also for your customers. Yep. And, you know, then you decide to go into that contract and then the implementation starts. Then you get into the weeds and you've already spent some money, you know, and you start thinking about what if this doesn't work? Yep. What if I've spent this money and I've got to start all over again? But yeah. also, I mean, that's just human nature, mm -hmm. right? We sort of tend to go to those sort of questions. Sure. And I'm just glad that you brought it up because I don't think we talk about it enough. And it's a genuine fear. Um, yeah. It's a genuine anxiousness in the industry, especially among supply chain professionals or owners of businesses, service providers, everybody is going through this. Yeah. And so it's very, very important to talk about because it's a huge stressor. And it's costly. And, and there's a big expense attached to it. And uh, so that, that was one of the things that keep me up at night. Um, I think for access, not to get too much into our finances, but no one client is more than 6% of our revenue. And, and I think that's very important for any company. Um, some companies get very, very top heavy with one account. I, mean, I read articles right. and, and it could change your life in a minute, you know, and, and the way companies are bought out and mergers and changes happen today. You know, it's, it's so I think that is something that keeps me a little more, you know, um, optimistic too. That, that we can keep going forward, take changes, be entrepreneurial because God forbid we lose a piece of business. It's not really going to hurt us. Yeah, and that's a that's another really great point, um, especially on the warehousing side, oh. right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't realize that when we go into warehousing space, we sign contracts for multiple years, generally speaking. And if we have one large customer that's taking up majority of the space and then a few various small ones and life happens, business happens, Whatever happens and they decide to leave the warehouse maybe halfway through your contract, yes. 
it's very costly not only to keep that space going, but also to try to find another customer with that kind of volume to replace what's been missing. And so I think your philosophy, and I'm glad that you shared that. I mean, thank you for being um, open and honest with us on that fact, because as a business owner in this industry, I think that it's a really important point. It's something really important to consider. Yep. It, it is. And, and warehouse space, it can eat you alive, if you, you just mentioned. So I've seen it happen. Um, we were very we, – a lot of the clients, you know, that's where that partnership comes in, you know. So if you have yeah. long-term partnerships, they want you to survive as, as, as much as they do because they need you as much as they do. But for short term, when somebody asks you to come in with a client or come in and say, look, we need 90,000 square feet in Oregon. It, it's, a, it's a lot of meetings. It's yeah. like you just said, it's a lot of decisions. Some of the best decisions I've made as an owner of a company is saying no and not doing the deal. Some of the best deals are the deals I didn't do. So, you know, right. because right. It's, uh, it's expensive. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. So let's talk about the future of the company. What's next for Access International? I I think, you know, for word, especially for the clients we have is sustainability. I think that's a big topic. And every one of our RFPs, they're always looking for what we're doing on a sustainability side, um, carbon footprint, those type of things. So we're looking at different ways. In fact, I have something exciting and, and maybe I could share with you at some point. Uh, we're working with a Belgian company right now. That when you look at New York City, it's an island. We don't use the waterways for mode of transportation. And mm -hmm. working on a very, very interesting with, with uh, the administration here, with Homeland Security, with the TSA, uh, Port Authority. Um, so it could be something interesting where we're starting to work on it. But when you can figure out it, in most of the world, they use the waterways for transportation. Here, we have trucks sitting at the Lincoln Tunnel for three hours, burning gas, can't park, ripping up the roads. And here we have these waterways all over Manhattan that we've come up with these, this Belgian companies come up with these vessels that has a crane on them. And we can then, they, they've contacted us to do the white glove part about it once this, this, this small boat or big boat goes onto the other side into Manhattan. Very interesting, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen because trucks cannot right. get into New York. I am, I'm going to, um, I'm going to connect you to Pat LaRoche. Um, uh, after this podcast, because I think that it's really important that you two be connected. He is very passionate about using the waterways. Oh, great, great. Yeah, we have a great group we're working with here in the city. Um, it, obviously, we have to work with many, many uh, different divisions, and New York City is very political, but we've made a lot of headway. We've made a lot of headway. So, and the other things for the future is because we're at lot light asset based. We have a lot of very strategic partnerships, actually, on our website. We, we have incredible, when I say partnerships, some people use partnerships. They say we're a partner with somebody because we use them a lot as a vendor. We're true partnerships. I can, as a CEO of the company, I can call up the CEO of a very large corporations that we're in partnership with. And um, I think partnerships are key to this whole supply chain. Because there's certain things I will not get into, right? There's certain things that have limitations monetarily, and and um, you know we're not just going to get into that area. And a lot of those companies, same with the the build out in Manhattan, they don't want to get into the the final mile, and they don't want to get into LTL. So it's a nice fit. So partnerships are important to us. That and once we're ready with ships, you're going to be it, part yeah. of our beta. Yeah. 
And uh, really, really excited for that. So all logistics providers are finding their way, their niche in the new digital economy. I think it's safe to say that Axis continues to reinvent themselves to ensure they meet the needs of their customers. I will have all of their information over at letstalksupplychain.com. Plus, you can visit them at axisaxisg.com to connect and learn more about their service. Thank you so much, John, for coming on the show today. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Be in touch. Thank you. This episode was produced in collaboration with Border Buddy, the most innovative online customs platform out there. And here is what Graham, the founder, has to say. More and more companies are looking to expand their reach into global markets, but most don't know where to start or don't have the time to figure it out. Border Buddy sees the struggle and has created a way for you to integrate customs into your e-commerce shopping cart, like Shopify, Magento, eBay, and others, allowing you ease and peace of mind when selling to customers in North America. Your customers will know exactly how much the costs are to import their order from your door to theirs in real time. We're the first API-based customs solution. Just imagine what that will do for your business and your sales. Visit us and sign up for 10% off your first clearance at borderbuddy.com forward slash let's talk supply chain. If you liked this episode, be sure to check out Ryan from Flash Global about service supply chain. And you can find that over at letstalksupplychain.com. Next week, I'm talking to Hugo from Owl Solutions, and he's going to talk about how they can help you identify pain points and execute on a process that will move you forward faster, more efficiently, and help your teams to focus so they can help with that execution. To show us some love, there's a couple of ways to do that. Number one is to rate and review the show over on iTunes so other people can find us. Plus, I will mention your review on an upcoming episode. Next, go to ships.com, that's S-H-I-P-Z.com, Fill in your information and you will be one of the first people to know once our beta is up and running and we're ready for you to use that new platform that we're building. Three, go to letstalksupplychain.com and find the supply chain dictionary. It's 107 pages full of acronyms and definitions that you're going to need in your supply chain journey. And lastly, follow us. Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and especially now on YouTube because I'm coming out with videos all the time. Coming up, I think it's next week, we're going to have episode two of The Trade Squad and you're not going to want to miss any of that. So if you subscribe, you'll be the first to know once a new video is out. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. And remember everybody, ship happens.